Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face, etc, etc. It is another solo episode, and going forward, uh, we're going to be doing this at least until the end of the year, where I release an episode with an interview, and then I release a solo episode. Then I release an episode with an interview, and then I release a solo episode. Because I actually did check the stats recently, and not good. Not good. So instead of putting out uh, all these interviews to be heard by a couple hundred people, I'm going to try and market them, actually try and promote them, actually try and create extra fucking content for them. Like this week I created an Instagram reel uh, with about a minute of the last podcast with Wayleen explaining what it's like to date Gen Z. And I'm going to try to do like two or three of those per episode, put them out over the two weeks after the episode and hopefully get more traction for the podcast. Hopefully get those numbers going up because they're rookie numbers at the moment, man. Rookie numbers. Got to get them up. Got to get them up. Um, I am someone who typically is like, ah, don't worry about the numbers, but I'm also at this point, I'm like, it would be cool if more people heard this thing and maybe I need to put in some efforts in that regard. You know, I've done pretty well with the whole making the podcast thing, with the whole uh, getting good guests thing, with the whole tight edits, good sound, all that shit, you know. I've been pretty decent at all of that, but I will admit that the marketing side of things and the promoting side of things, not, not my strong suit. So yeah, I've decided to go back to the drawing board and actually just give each episode its proper space, its proper time, its proper opportunity to be heard by as many people as possible. And who knows what uh, that could all lead to. I hope you don't mind that. I feel like if you're a regular listener of the show, which quite a few of you are, you dig these episodes anyway. I've I've seen the numbers. They're pretty much the same as <laughs> when I get guests. Like, unless it's like a guest like Luis Ogola or, you know, like a Moonshot Sinelli or like a big name guest. Yeah, the numbers for these tend to do pretty well. It turns out... I actually have people who enjoy listening to me talk, which is something I'm still trying to get used to. And it's something that it's like, it's been the goal. It's definitely been the goal. But uh, you know how that imposter syndrome goes. You know how that uh, self-esteem thing goes. You know what it's like. I'm sure you know what it's like. You are probably a creative who puts work out there and is always like, I'm not that good. They know I'm not that good. I, I'm getting the likes that I deserve, but you're not. The algorithm's fucking you, and you've got to fuck it back. So, yeah. <laughs> I posted a status the other day on Facebook, basically saying, like, how I learned to stop worrying and uh, love the algorithm, which is obviously a reference to Dr. Strangelove, and uh, how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb, which is basically just accepting the inevitability <laughs> of everything, I guess. Uh, and I kind of am in that place now when it comes to the social medias. I've been railing against it for so long, and I'm I'm done. I'm tired. I'm over fighting against being tracked. I'm over fucking just all these extra concerns that seem to get in the way of me just living a modern life. Like, I know I'm a paranoid cat. I know I'm a little bit more concerned about certain things than other people are. Although, you know what they say, it's not paranoia if they're actually following you. And they are following you. Like, they're, they're literally in your phone, 
on your computer, they are tracking you. They are listening to you. They are utilizing it apparently to sell you ads, yet for some reason, the only ads I ever see are hot singles in my area. So maybe, maybe it's actually correct. Maybe the AI has me pegged 100% down and that's all I ever really want. Oh man, but yeah, it's at the same time, like, you know, trying to rally against these things in current society as a entertainer, as a forward facing, you know, public individual seems like shooting myself in the foot, man. Like it does like just my, like social media is a tool to market yourself. Like that's what it is. It's no longer a way to connect with people. It's no longer anything other than a self-promotional tool. And once I've accepted that, I feel like it just, uh, yeah, all the other things that I was worried about, about like the lack of connection and this and that and, you know, living publicly and, yeah, living a fake life and this and that. And it's just like, nah, it's just, uh, it's just an extension. Like you can live a real life and then post uh, the best parts of it for everyone else. And then that's, uh, that's just how we live now. And everyone thinks you're cool as fuck and they want to live your life and they're envious of you. And then, uh, yeah, you feel good about yourself. That's, that's the whole, that's the whole game, right? That's, that's the whole shtick, I think. Speaking of which, if you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen that I got a haircut this week, like a, like a proper one by a professional, not just doing it myself. Like I've been since the pandemic hit. So like when the pandemic hit, I bought myself some hair clippers and yeah, I think, uh, I think you all saw the results of that. Not, not the best, you know, not terrible, not terrible. I definitely didn't shank it too much, but having uh, the deft hands of Jason Kramer, you know, <laughs> helping me cover up the fact that I've got a receding hairline like a motherfucker, like that shit like looks like it is low tide and the tide's just getting lower and lower and lower and soon it's just going to look like, you know, tsunami's about to hit, but that hair ain't ever coming back. So for now... Um, I'm going to a professional, and uh, he's uh, yeah gonna help make me look like uh, like I'm not going as bald as I am. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, man. Like I know I've only got a few more years of hair left. Like I don't know exactly how long. It might be five years. It might be ten years. But either way, I'm gonna make the most of that shit for now. I'm gonna make sure that uh, it looks good whenever I can, and that I get the. The joys of actually getting your hair cut by a professional, especially since Jason works for Rolf Offerman Studios out at Windermere Center. So this is like pro shit, man. Got a head massage, got a back and neck massage, and got a pretty good haircut. Like Paige has been going to Jason for years now, and you know, he does great work, but Paige also loves massages, and I... Uh, I understand why she likes getting her hair cut uh, by Jason so much. And I think I'm going to be joining her on that tip for the foreseeable future. So yeah, shout out to Jason for making me look presentable. I think Paige and I are going to shoot some new press shots pretty soon. And uh, yeah, you guys can see the effects of that. And uh, yeah, I just got to play with the looks and the style and the vibes as time goes on. You know, your look's always going to change or... The, 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 the march of time uh, waits for no man and just got to learn how to adapt to how your body changes, I guess. 
uh, instead of <laughs> crying about it like I sometimes do. Just being honest. Just being honest. Just being honest. I fucking hate that my dad's like, you know, the only thing he really uh, left me, the only thing that he ever passed down was his fucking receding hairline. But uh, that's that's my problem that I'm going to deal with, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Still thinking about the festival. People have been picking me up for that shit quite a bit. And yeah, I'm super grateful for that. Super grateful how it all works out. A lot of people have been talking about it. A lot of people are stoked on it. A lot of people are keen for next year. So fuck yeah, man. That makes me super pumped. And like, I just keep looking back to it and I keep just thinking what a magical weekend it was and how rad it is that I created that shit, you know? Not alone. Definitely had a lot of help. Gabby Peppers is the main person behind it and yo, she was invaluable as well as, you know, the team at the chairman, the breakfast room, Robson's, the music and Bezo team, Cliffy who did sound, Damien who did sound. And yeah, man, just a lot of people who really came on board. All the comedians who agreed to come on board, even though like, so the deal for them was basically they just got the door, you know, they had to pay for their expenses and shit. But then I gave them the room because the chairman gave us the room for free and uh, the costs were very minimal and were covered through various different things. And so, yeah, I was just like, yo, you guys come, I'll take money from the lineup shows. You guys do your own thing and you can make as much money as you can make. And that seemed to work out pretty well for everyone. And nobody lost too much money, I don't think. So everyone had a great weekend in Durban. I fucking had an amazing weekend in Durban and it just really did reinvigorate me. It really did like give me, I don't know, man, like, fuck, I just, I feel recharged, you know, I feel like there's possibilities and it's been interesting because we haven't had a bad comedy show yet. Like since I've been back in the promoting game and the performing game, there hasn't been a bad show yet. And I do think it is because, like, I did learn from my mistakes from past events and stuff, you know, stuff like location, stuff like marketing, stuff like lineup. All of that matters and how you bring it all together and create trust with people. So I think one of the biggest issues we had, obviously, with the open mic gigs at the Winston was the Winston's in a shitty area and also open mic comedians are pretty bad. So <laughs> a lot of people aren't necessarily going to go out of their way to support that unfortunately and I do think Durban needs an open mic gig I just don't want to be the guy to run it like if all the new acts got together and put together an open mic gig I think that would actually be very useful for for them especially because I think there's a lot of new acts that I've seen but they're not really getting stage time they're not really getting the opportunity to perform because no one's booking them because you don't want to book acts that you don't know are good necessarily so I see like it's, and even for myself, you know, I'll, I'll book one or two, I'll book like one act that's, you know, iffy as an open slot in a, in a full lineup. But, you know, I'm only booking one or two gigs every couple months. That's not sustainable for anyone, unfortunately. So yeah, I think Durban could definitely benefit with a new open mic gig. And I would love to perform at that and test out new shit. But we'll see. We'll see. I, I'll, I'll whisper in some ears and I'll get some people in touch with some other people because I've got some ideas for venues for that as well that could work quite well. But like I was saying, been learning from my mistakes and 
one of those mistakes that I made was, uh, yeah, running the Winston pretty much on my own. Well, the Winston gig, not, not the Winston itself, but the Winston comedy gig and just dealing with fucking assholes when, you know, didn't need to. Like, I'll, I must say, not being a part of any WhatsApp groups, not being a part of, like, any of the conversations or drama that happens uh, within the local comedy scene has been freeing. It has been so... Yo, just... Life's good, man. Life is really, really good when you just cut down all the unnecessary communications. Like... Changing my phone number was one of the greatest things I ever did. Deleting my Twitter, muting fucking hundreds of people on Facebook. It's all just a, a great way to find peace. So I don't really know uh, what my point was with any of that. But yeah, I'm stoked to be back into comedy. The festival was great. Looking forward to doing more gigs. I don't know when those will be. I am taking a little bit of a break from the organizing side of things. But we're going to come back with house sit number two. There's one or two spaces that I've been chatting to about doing some gigs there. So we'll see. Maybe either we're going to have like a situation where like I do a different gig every week. Or we do the the whole thing where like you do a run in a week at different venues. But we'll see. Like that, that works pretty well if you're bringing in touring acts. You know, you can pay them for multiple gigs and then that covers costs. But I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it all goes. Uh, what else has happened? If if you like wrestling, which which I'm sure you realized I do. Fucking Soraya, aka Paige, is back. She she appeared at AEW's uh, Grand Slam event on Wednesday, which was a genuine shock. Like I hadn't heard rumors. I hadn't heard anything. Like there was there weren't even whispers in the wind. Uh, of her return and then all of a sudden like there's woman in the in the ring they're beating up like the, the bad guys are beating up the good guys they're outnumbering them and all of a sudden music hits and uh her fucking name flashes on the screen the entire crowd fucking just loses their shit myself included at home and out walks soraya and uh yeah we we finally have some real star power in the AEW women's division so i think that's going to be quite fun to watch and just in general like i know i think i might have mentioned some of the drama 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 that's been happening over at AEW with the evps and cm punk and shit but the show has been fucking great like without them like it's been truly fucking great mjf obviously is just a treat if you enjoy your old school heels if you enjoy your bad guys then, yeah, man, the work that that guy's doing is fucking hilarious. Like, he got engaged the other day. He got engaged, and his tweet was immediately to the ladies saying, just because there's a goalkeeper doesn't mean you can't score. So, the ultimate troll, and very fun to watch. So, I've, yeah, I've been digging that. John Moxley, obviously, is the ace of AEW. He's proven that, man, that dude can carry that fucking company on his back when all the drama llamas are doing their thing. The acclaimed, the acclaimed fucking won the tag titles and they're like a homegrown talent. Like, I remember watching them for the first time during the pandemic, coming out and uh, getting heckled by the other wrestlers and stuff, but... 
they've definitely made names for themselves. And when they won, it was a great pop, although they probably should have won at uh, double or nothing. So that's uh, Bob's wrestling reports. I'm actually probably going to write an article like about how the current landscape of wrestling is the best it's been pretty much ever. Like, I know there's been bigger periods, and I know for some people, the WCW versus WWE era was, like, you know, their, their golden era. But I think the level of wrestling that's happening at the moment, the people in charge, the vibes that are happening, everything seems to be on the up, you know? Everything seems to really be building. And I think this AEW-WWE thing, especially since Vince is gone, is a real like this is one of those times where competition actually makes things better because the wwe has improved immensely since vince left and they basically just copying all the things that AEW did you know like mentioning the word wrestling and having press conferences and <laughs> stuff like that so yeah it's going to be interesting to see where everything goes from here on out as a as a fan yeah i'm stoked Am I disappointed with the whole CM Punk situation as a guy who literally has a CM Punk t-shirt? Yeah, but, you know, CM Punk the character versus Phil Brooks the guy, I can separate the art from the artist <laughs> in this case, I think. Ah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got for you this week. So with that out the way, it's uh, time for the shout-outs over at patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. There's a tier to titular titles. Dear, it's a top tier. It's a $10 tier. And you get to pick the title right here on the Almost Perfect podcast. So, shout out to Rousseau, the storage clerk of subtle heresies in the Lesser Oberg region. Russell Grant, the Far East correspondent. Neil Green, the key grip. Karan Slam and the Almost Perfect hedge fund manager. Vishendra Naidu, the spiritual advisor. Riz Ventura, our director of purchasing. Julian, a king. Karan Chetty, the assistant to the regional manager, Kath Jenkins, the inevitable ruler of the universe, and Queen Swifty, and fellow podcaster now. I actually edit Kath and Philippa's podcast called The No BS Business Show, and uh, you can check that out for yourself wherever you look find podcasts. So go, go do that. Shoutouts to executive producer Stephen Olive Beer and our anonymous benefactor. Shoutouts to you. Shoutouts to Damien Root for the bed music and for the intro music that you hear at the beginning. And uh, I will catch you on the flip. Sod. Bye-bye.